Welcome to the podcast, Professor Schifrin. I, I wonder if you could start by introducing yourself to the listeners uh, and then by telling us how you became involved with ISPA, the International Society for Physical Activity and Health. Yes, so my name is Jasper Schipein. I am the, uh, the current president of, uh, of ISPA uh, and I'm also a professor in physical activity and active living. And um, ISPA is an organization that worldwide tries to connect researchers that are working with physical activity and health. Uh, and we, we try to advocate for more physical activity in the world. We're recording this podcast to coincide with the launch, the translations of the, the famous eight investments into 12 different languages. Um, I thought it might be useful if we started by asking you to maybe outline these eight investments um, and maybe give us a bit of background about how this project has evolved over the last few years. Yes, thank you. That's a very good question. So um, while we all know, or I think most of you know, that physical inactivity is a big problem and a health risk and that many people in the world are not active enough, the question of what to do with it, how to increase physical activity is not so easy. And one of the things ISPA did already uh, probably about 10, 11 years ago, is to look at, okay, well, which investments do we actually know can work for physical activity? Uh, and that over the years evolved to uh, the current document, ISPA's eight investments that work for physical activity, which is very much thought as a tool to help with advocating for more physical activity to be used by researchers, by practitioners, by city planners, by health authorities to help say, okay, well, look, we know we have to increase physical activity or try to increase physical activity in our population. And these are some of the things that are known to be uh, effective or known to be useful in other cities. So let's have a look and see what, which one of these investments or which combination of investments could work for us. And um, as I said, there are there are eight investments, um, but it's important to, to stress that it's not just picking one of them. There's no single solution. It's very much thinking of a, a bigger system. Um, some people might have heard of the systems approach where there are many small things in combination that will probably make the difference. And the, the eight investments that work for physical activity that we have identified, they are the, um, the whole of school program. So focusing very much on how can we create um, a school where physical activity is a very natural part of the school day. Active travel is a, a second investment. Um, how can we stimulate cities, but also policies that make it easier, that make it um, the obvious choice for, for people to transport themselves actively, so cycling or walking, public transportation, um, instead of driving. And related to that is the, the third investment, active urban design, which is very much to do with the way we make our cities look or the way our cities have developed, which in many countries around the world is very car-centric, having destinations um, that are quite far from where people live, it might force them or might make it very obvious for them to drive. So if we think about how can we design cities differently, that can again help people be, be more active. A fourth investment is healthcare. So um, physical activity can be beneficial for many diseases, uh, prevent um, um, many uh, different health uh, problems. So 
our healthcare system can actually help us with that and saying, okay, well, um, you might already feel better if you become more active. It might not actually change the way your um, your health is, but it will make you feel better, which can be one of the big benefits already, but also making sure that people are aware of, um, for example, being told by their general practitioner, please do some more exercise. It will help with a lot of the symptoms you might be having at this time. A, uh, a fifth one uh, is the, um, the the more classic, I would say, public education, mass campaigns, um, making very sure that we're transmitting clear messages, reaching large populations. And I think the best example at the moment of that is the, the WHO physical activity guidelines that were launched at the end of 2020 that are accompanied by, uh, I, I think, a really good video that is has this slogan, every move counts. And I think that very simple messaging uh, is a very good example of, of this, where it's saying it's not just sports and exercise, it's every move counts. Then um, investment number six is sport and recreation for all. So sport and recreation is, is perhaps the, the, the traditional thing many people are thinking of when they're thinking about physical activity, going to the gym, being a member of a sports club, uh, and so on. And, and, and it is an important part. Um, um, but here it is very important that you make it accessible for all. So all different age groups, but also different abilities in sports. Someone that has never done team sports might not be very good at it in the beginning. So it helps if there is a possibility where it's not very competition-oriented for someone to participate, for example. But it's also, um, yeah, people with um, uh, sitting in a wheelchair, for example, how can they participate in a good, equal way in, uh, in sports and recreation? Investment number seven is workplaces. We, many of us, spend eight, nine hours uh, on our workplace. So it's a large part of our day. So if we can somehow uh, create a little bit more activity during our day, for example, by standing more, walking to coffee machines, having walking meetings, things like that, it can make a, a big difference because we spend so much time at our workplace, most of us at least. And then finally, um, and becoming more active is not something we typically can do on our own. So um, community-wide programs to, to think about how can we involve all different aspects? How can we involve both the local school, the local sports club, city planning, and so on, workplaces um, in the local neighborhoods to, uh, to make a change? So that is the, the bigger picture of the eight investments. Brilliant. Thank you very much for outlining those. I think the thing that jumps out from me listening to you talk about those and having looked at the, and there are some brilliant resources on the ISPAR website here, which we make sure are highlighted in the blurb of the podcast and we'll share on social media, is kind of how inclusive, diverse these uh, suggestions are, both kind of at an individual level, but also at an organisational level. Um, I think the, the audience of this podcast will mostly be healthcare professionals, be that doctors, therapists, sports scientists. Um, and I think the one thing would be really keen um, to, to hear from you, especially based on some of your research experience and, and experience in your role at SPA, 
is how this population might be able to apply these some of these investments to both their personal and professional lives. And what advice would you would you give here? Yes, thank you for that question. Um, I think it's an important question, and I think it starts by realizing. I think this this simple message that WHO also comes with: every move counts. So, whereas traditionally we might think of, okay, we recommend perhaps someone to go exercise more, go to the gym, um, do sports. But perhaps in many cases, um, we, it can be more simple. So you can say, okay, well, um, can I get someone to walk a bit more? Um, perhaps recommend someone to get a dog, uh, things like that. So it can be more simple things. I think that's a, a good start. And what is also important is that every person is different. So for one person, um, the option of becoming more active during transportation is just not there. there. There might not be an option to cycle or take public transport for some people. So then obviously that's not something you would recommend for that person. But then for that same person, it might be very viable to become more active during their workday. So I think also that um, the, the, there's no silver bullet. Um, so we have to, on an individual level, if you want to make recommendations to a person, to a patient perhaps, you have to ask the person a few questions uh, to try and figure out where in their life there could be space or time for more activity. Um, because I think that's very much what, what the whole concept is about, is that we're all busy people. Um, if we can fit activity in more natural in our daily lives, the chances that it will be sustainable and that a change in activity levels and an increase in activity levels will continue to stay there uh, is much larger. So figuring out where you can start is a good thing on an individual level, um, but also on a, uh, on a city level or on a neighborhood level, perhaps even on a, on a country level, um, Different cities are in different places. So some cities might have a very elaborate network of cycle lanes, bike lanes, for example, and already facilitating a lot of active transportations, but they might not have um, a very good system for sport and recreation for all. So in such a city, in investments that would perhaps make a, a big difference could be say, okay, how can we make uh, local sports um, and recreation more inclusive? How can we make it more accessible to more people? Um, so I, I think that, that there's not one solution that fits everyone. We need to take the local context into consideration is very important. So that's, I think, the, my main recommendation. Um, and then the second point is very much this. Um, it, it's not one thing. It's multiple things that probably will make the difference. That's really useful. Thank you very much. I wonder, building on, on, on what you said, if I might, um, if you might pick your brains and, and your expertise and experience on, um, if in, if in case there are any listeners out there who um, who are very aware of the benefits of physical activity and exercise, um, but almost want to have a bit of a conversation with a you know with their council leader with you know, someone at a government organisational level who might not know these benefits. Have you got any tips here around how you might start that conversation? Yeah, so um, I think a, a, a good starting point is that 
physical activity is basically good for everything. And so it, it helps um, in a lot of um, prevention, disease prevention. Um, but it's also a um, something where if you invest, make investments for physical activity, they also have a lot of, um, how would you call that, co-benefits. So investing, for example, in urban design that is um, uh, good for physical activity is typically also an investment in a design where there is less congestion, less air pollution, and potentially if there are less roads, you could also have um, uh, a smaller heat island effect and so on. So a lot of these co-benefits are, I think, are, are good to mention. And again, perhaps already starting the discussion with, okay, there is so much activity, so much physical activity in our daily lives that people are not aware about. So perhaps a starting point could also say, could be in saying, okay, well, most people get a large part of their daily activity, not from going to the gym or being part of a sports club, but actually from walking, from, um, from very simple daily things. I think listening to those things, I think I could, this could quite easily turn into a four-hour podcast where we could have a, a whole or a podcast on each kind of the individual investments. Um, and I think people, you know, regardless of whether they're, you know, whether they're a clinician in private practice or whether they are, you know, healthcare professionals who are involved in, in policy and will find not only this podcast, but a lot of the ISPA um, resources really useful. So really thankful for you taking the time out of your data to join us on this podcast. Uh, and what we'll do is, um, as I've mentioned before, we're in the show notes in the in the blurb of this podcast. We'll make sure there are um, there are links to all of the uh, all the resources surrounding the eight investments, especially the new translations. Um, but also, I know very much, and I would very much urge listeners to go onto the ISPAR eight investments webpage, um, because on there there's a huge amount of infographics. There's some wonderful podcasts. Um, I think you've even got the eight investments as, a, as an audio book, so people can listen uh, to that to that on their commute. So we'll highlight that. But we'll just let you finish if you'd like by any messages you might have for the sport and exercise medicine or physical activity and health kind of community. I would like to end with this, every move counts and there's not one solution to make that happen. But if we all work together and advocate for bringing more activity into our daily lives, we can make a difference. I think that's the perfect way to end. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast about ISPA's eight investments that work for physical activity. If you want to read more, please have a look at our website where you can see the, all the documents, different translations, the social media um, materials, and also a lot of advocacy materials that are there for you to use and download. Once you are on the website, make sure that you go in and endorse the eight investments. You can do that both as an individual as an organization. And finally, if you've been listening and you think, but we have a great example of an investment that has worked for physical activity, uh, please pitch your story to the Aid Investment Community Hub. It's an online community of practice where we encourage everyone to share stories about how they have used uh, investments to promote physical activity. Thank you very much. <laughs>